In a world where radio stations are ten a penny... Can I have ten radio stations, please? That'll be a penny, love. Thank you. There is one radio station... There can be only one. There can be only one. There can be only one. That stands out from the crowd. I want that one. All right. What is this thing? It's River Radio. There can be only one. One that's made entirely out of syrup. Has it started where you are yet? I just want to be singing in it, to be honest. Let me know if you have experienced that lovely sound of rain dropping on the plants and trees where you are. Uh, Something else that's lovely is being here with you again at River Radio. Hi there. How are you today? I'm Deborah Fielding, and this is Your Life, Your Way. Now... Whether you're listening live on DAB on your favourite podcast platform, it's always good to have you here and it's always good to know what's going on for you. So as you know, I love knowing about you, your world, in one word, right now, double quick time. You know how to do it. Emails at the ready. Get your quick fire message in and let me know in one word how you're doing this week. That email address is deborah at river.radio. Go! Yes, this is Your Life, Your Way, and I'm running a great show today. I've had many a question over the last few months about our guests on the glory of the story. I've had questions about what's in a word section, and I've had plenty of questions in that I didn't get an answer, wasn't able to answer them on air on Q&A Your Way. So this week, you and I are going to tackle a handful of those together. And that address for your questions, by the way, is deborah at river.radio. Now, before we get to that, let's have your quick fire replies. Here we go. What have we got? In one word, how you felt. Let's bust through them. Yvonne says freezing. (laughs) Haha, Yvonne, don't wind us all up. Um, Alan says creative. Yes, Alan, I love that word. It fires me up too. Uh, Ben says relieved. Adam says busy. Jay says chilled. Very nice, Jay. And last, I think, yes, but not least, Natalie says hopeful. Oh, you and me both, Natalie. Always good to be hopeful, I think. So we've got some great music and great words, so let's get going. Thanks, McFly, with All About You every week in our show, because it is all about you, and I hope by now you know that. Gorgeous. Now, before we get stuck in, I am excited to ask you onto the show. If you have a story that you'd like to share, get in touch. It can be a success, a sadness, a hard life knock or a thoroughly amazing experience. Uh, We like them all on here. I'd love to hear from you. 
the same email address, deborah at river.radio. So last week we had the intrepid girl about town, Jessie McCauley, who came in to let us know how she got on with year, uh, well, her second year of auditions. So she's been auditioning for two years for acting school. Um, well, I'm not going to tell you. You've got to listen into the podcast. Why not? It's a great listen. Search River Radio, Your Life, Your Way, Deborah Fielding, on your usual podcast to listen to this lovely and amazing conversation that we had now this week we have all the things to get through and so i've invited another brilliant guest i've previously had on the show who is going to help make some sense i hope of the ton of questions i've had over the weeks and months of the show that i've been on so welcome back welcome back to your life your way one of my very favorite guests the gorgeous gorgeous Mark Chase. Hello again, and thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Sam, on our previous show, just gave you a real big build-up, saying, you know, Mr Silver Fox, and when he grows up, he hopes he's going to be like you. I think so when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that's never going to happen, so that couldn't be the case, could it? Um, so it's been a little while since you are on this show with me, but we did do a cheeky little Saturday morning did, show together, didn't we? Fun. Really it was fun. just the best, yeah. Um, I do a show, it's the weekend, on a Saturday morning with the delight that is Izzy Holmes and Izzy was off, I think she was sick or on holiday or something and you and I took our lovely listeners into the weekend, I think, if I remember rightly, we had a ball. We had a lovely time and we did. Um, I'm, I'm available. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so Mark, a few weeks ago on this show we were talking with um, Evie Nutrition, she's one of our first guests in fact and I suppose it's a few months ago rather than a few weeks um and one of the topics that came up was about our children leaving home and one of mine has gone to uni already and my second one heads off this year and as a single mum it's been a pretty hectic at times um many of my friends are asking am I going to miss them dreadfully well I'm I'm really excited for them and I can't actually wait for this new time to open up for all of us in our lives, to be honest. But I had a, an email in from Anita who wrote in not long after and she said that she's she's got two gone already and her twins are going in September and she's simply dreading it. And what will she do without all of the noise and disturbance? I mean, it's a great question for you to help me out with because weirdly you've got a similar combo and you're in this you've been in the same boat previously right yeah we um, we had uh, both our uh, older two went off and then uh, it was three years ago my twins went off and um and I, I think this is an interesting without being sexist a lot of guys are out doing things um when their kids go off and they they can kind of cope better but if you have been a mum who's been very hands-on and been involved in your kids lives and um particularly if you've been at home, I think it is quite terrifying, the idea that you're going to suddenly be on your own and your kids aren't there and all that sort of stuff. And definitely from my wife's um, kind of point of view, what she she saw it coming and, um, and she decided to... She'd already gone and done a, a degree um, late in my life. And then she went and did, uh, did a master's and applied for a master's. But you don't have to do that. But I think the, the critical thing is to not have a vacuum yeah. because it, it's like a... Um, it's like if you have a relationship that breaks up, the, the, very often you're not missing that person. You just need somebody to, to fill that, that void. And so if you can, the, the thing that freaks people out when they're saying, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, is that quite literally you need to find something else to do with yourself. Yeah. And so 
whatever boils your egg, really. Now, whether that's going and doing, and there's tons of degrees. It's probably might be a little bit late now, but might not. For uh, to 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 look at something, could you go and do? And if it's not a degree, could you go and do a course? Could you go and do something that gives you a renewed sense of purpose? Because I think that's that's the thing. When you go, um, another friend of mine has has likened life to being uh, three phases. And she keeps ringing me and saying, hey, hey, are you still in phase three? And, um, <laughs> and phase one was, you know, you do what you like. Phase two, you go into this kind of production unit where you're bringing out your kids and trying to get them. You have to have something ready for phase three and you have to embrace it as, as a, almost a return to phase one where you, you have the, the liberty of time. Ideally, you might have a bit of cash. You've got lots of friends, hopefully. You can do things. But you just want to give yourself something that's about you, you without totally, making yeah. a pun on McFly, but it has to be. Well, that's now what this it, show's all about, right? It, but it is, and, but, and it's true. It, it, it is, but phase three of life, if you approach it in the in the right way, and your kids go to uni, I mean. Uh, it's not going to be true for everyone, but my wife and I couldn't believe our luck when the kids <laughs> left her hands because we could just go out and do whatever we wanted. And, right. we, and I didn't have to be available at, at one in the morning to go pick, running people pick, around them, pick and, them up yeah, from a field absolutely. somewhere where there was a, some rave going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and all those things, uh, you know, you, you have to plan it. You have to sit down and go, well, what do I... What would I do? Well, you know, I often, um, I'm talking, I've got a, a membership for women in their 50s and I'm often taking them back to who were you mm. in your early stages. Which is before, the same, same thing. Way back, you know, go back to when you were eight years old and what were your passions? What did you love doing? And that person, believe it or not, is still in there. And if it was kissing boys, then get on with it. <laughs> Right. Uh, but, you know, as a, I, I don't know, you might have experienced this, especially you had four. I mean, I had two amazing kids. I still have, in fact. Yes. <laughs> um, but I was on my own, well, all the time, most of the time with them, yes. Um, and just lying flat out on the floor, exhausted. And so it's a good time to kind of honour yourself a little bit yep. um, and not just skid past that. Acknowledge the brilliant job you've done, even though there's been mistakes, even though there's been family crises at times, you know, we, you get through them um, and it's time to just acknowledge that passing of time for you. And rather than looking back with melancholy, look forward with excitement and then things open up once you've got that mindset, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, you're no longer a part of a service industry. Fa- it, phase yeah. two is the service industry. Yeah. Phase three. It, I mean, it's hardcore at times, right? Oh, well, but it is. I mean, yeah. you, you become a production unit when you've got kids, yeah. and particularly, you know, having four kids. Yeah. You know, you you, you almost go, and, and I'm not saying there's no fun, but you almost go into a tunnel where you just have to focus on on getting those kids, you know, keeping them safe, getting them out the door and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then the kind of relief you get, if you've got something going on in your life that you really look forward to, the relief you get that you've suddenly got time to do it, uh, yeah. you know. But so, so yeah, if there's any advice I could give is just don't create a vacuum. It's the vacuum that gets you. Yeah, but so, at the same time, don't, don't just skid through that. You've got to acknowledge the passing of it. I, mean, I said to a friend the other day, I was, it's in, it's in times when you just do mundane jobs, actually, that these thoughts come to you. And I was just thinking, once my son goes to uni in September, it's almost, for me, feels like a passing of all that gorgeous time when they were growing up and they were utterly delightful. And it's like a real magical time that's really gone, really gone. Um, and I want, I'm, very mindful of honouring that part and not forgetting about what a well, not only what what a joy it was, but what a ton of hard work it was too. Well, it is, and the other thing is, um, 
when you've got teenage kids, quite often they're horrible as well. And the, the, the lovely <laughs> thing can I, can, I can tell you is that all of my daughters, you know, we did cheer and high five when they left home, all three of them. And, uh, and, and they've subsequently come back far more rounded human beings because yeah. they've gone off somewhere and they've, they've they've had to fit in with somebody else yeah. and, and they experienced to, they, a bit of real life they've had to live with other people who didn't yeah. like them leaving things all over the place and using all the milk and yeah. all that sort of stuff yeah. and and they they suddenly come back to you as 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 people that you want to be with again so there's an upside in every sense to your kids going off and and you know that's the thing that that I would focus on is you know this is this is going to be great because they're going to come back and you're going to love them and what's more you're going to really find time to do the things that you want to do. Yeah, and I think it's a great time for you to reconnect with, like I said, who you are. You've got to really just find that part in you. And it's a good time. It should be one of the best times of your life. Yeah. So don't, Anita, don't shrink away from it, is my view. And embrace everything you can and have a ball. <laughs>
brilliant the cardigans with live and learn Uh, well we sure do all of that and i absolutely love that song now last week we asked the question when things don't work out for you in life what's next so i wrote a piece for my women's 50 plus membership which i'd like to read you again as it seemed to bring out a few revelations for you Um, and it was called no wrong way there is no right or wrong way to approach your life breaking the law excluded of course There is only what feels right to you. You can listen keenly to your family and friends and let their advice soak in. But ultimately, it is what feels right in your bones, in your gut that matters. If you become still, you know. There's so many routes through. Choose what is right for you and remember your informed and intuitive self will find a way. There is no wrong way, just your way. Now, in fact, we spoke mainly about students last week not getting the right results in their exams and they're all coming out this week. I think the A-levels are out uh, tomorrow, in fact. Um, But I got quite the set of emails in asking about um, the words, these words. Remember your informed and intuitive self will find a way. And I think that's just kind of opened up something in in some of you. Uh, The thrust of your questions were, how do you actually make that happen? Well, funnily enough, I gave a talk on this topic just on Monday. But Mark, did you want to pick up the thread here? Well, yeah, I I think the interesting thing about what you were saying there, that the the bit that jumps out is uh, being guided by your feelings. You you use the word feelings, I think, about three or four times in what you were just saying there. And I think an awful lot of us ignore our feelings. Yeah, what feels right. And we we have a, a quandary about, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the right thing to do is. And I think actually we all know exactly what the right I thing to do agree. is. Because if your legs are leaden walking up one set of stairs, then that's that's not the right thing to do. And no. and yet I see people saying, I, you know, I, I'm in this job I hate and I do this and I really hate this and I really hate that. And you can well, stop doing it because your feelings are telling you that you you shouldn't be doing it. And the, the only guide and the best guide we have in for our behaviour and the way we live our lives it is our intuition, and, and it is literally just as simple as how does the prospect of going to your mother-in-law's house on <laughs> I'm Sunday... I'm not sure that's a good ma- example. Make it, well, well, I think it's a really good example, actually, because I know somebody who you know, has the mother-in-law over for uh, Sunday lunch and has had that for 35 years oh. and hates it. Right. And, okay. and, and, but, but all her feelings are telling her, well, I don't, I don't want it. But there's a compromise there. And then she wonders why she kind of feels bad about other aspects of her life. But that there's things that you need to do to in order to tap into that is you, you yes, you need to just trust it. You need to actually trust the intuition. And that can be difficult if you've gone around ignoring your intuition yeah. for a long time. How do you get back into it? Uh, one thing I really love doing, which I think really opens up your thinking, is I, I, years and years ago I started mind mapping, which sounds far more complicated than it is. And it is literally a page of A4 and you write what the subject matter is, in this case, mother-in-law, um, in the middle of it. And instead of trying to make a list of it all, you just then do little spokes off it and put whatever words jump into your head. And if it's resentment, um, uh, feeling used, feeling this, feeling that, dead, there you go. It's all there in front of you yeah. and you can see it. Yeah. And it may well be that, you know, on occasion she brings me flowers. That's nice. But 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 on the balance of it, it, it tends to guide you into into actually following your real heart about these things. And so that's a good thing to do. Well, and I think um, following who you are and what you are, it feels really difficult and onerous sometimes when you've got something big in front of you. But as with all these things, once you've tackled it and moved, not round it, under it or over it, but through it, 
you come out a better version of yourself for sure and yeah like you said you don't have lead and legs you feel much lighter about your life and some people can look at you and say well that's incredibly selfish um but yeah, yeah it right, should be yeah right it should be. i don't mean being selfish to damage somebody else i'm not talking about that kind of selfish i'm talking about selfish for you and making sure you have one shot at this life one shot i think selfishness has got a bad rap because you can be incredibly kind and compassionate, but you have to be selfish about your own needs. And if all you are doing is, is functioning, as we were saying in, in the earlier chat about kids, if all you're doing is functioning as a kind of service industry for somebody else. Now, you can do that for your kids, but if you find in your life you're functioning as that for a partner that takes advantage of you, or, or a mother-in-law, or, or a father-in-law, or, or whatever. Or a job, or, or, or a brother, yeah, or, or friends, or anybody, anything. Anything, yeah. Anything where you are compromising your needs and, and, and wants. Um, you need to be selfish, because no one's, no one's going to shout for you other than you. And so, yeah, I, 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 people recoil at the word selfishness. I think it's an essential part of being human. You have to know when to be selfish, and you know, and that thing, uh, and the analogy which everybody's heard, you know, when the um, when there's something going wrong on the plane and and the air masks come down, you have to put the air mask on yourself first in order to then be in a position to help, to help else, the yeah. child or whoever is next to you. Yeah. You so you have to give yourself the oxygen of of doing the things that you need, and so. All of these things, we all know when we're off course, when we're not we in some sort of equilibrium. Well, sometimes, you know, talking about our intuition in particular, sometimes um, big things can be happening in your life and you don't always touch base with what's going on for yourself. And before you know it, you're exhausted and worn down and you're not looking after yourself. I, I mean, I'm a classic at doing that. I, I'm so good at looking after lots of other people and kind of ignoring my own requirements shall we say and then I, I take a look at myself I think blimey you know you're looking pretty ropey at the moment sort yourself out and then I realize underneath that everything starts to unfold and I can see what's gone on where I've gone wrong how I need to support myself lift myself up a little bit uh, but if you're missing those signs it can be tricky you can have smashed into a brick wall before you know it um but I think you know, I, I always say your intuition, one of the one of the biggest uses of your intuition that everyone can relate to, you can relate to when you go and buy in a house, it takes you literally five seconds to know that that house is right yeah. or it's got a really bad feel for you and yeah. you shouldn't do it. And if you do it anyway, lo and behold, you have more problems than you need to you need to know about. Um but that's for most of us one of the biggest purchases of our life. Yeah. And we know within five seconds. Um, and that's your instincts talking. And also, the, you know, your second biggest purchase, if that's the right word, is who you spend your life with. Yeah. And if, you know, the person you really fancy is snogging somebody else at a party, you think, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll chat to his mate. You know that immediately you're compromising on what you want. And then funnily enough, 25 years later, you, yeah. you look around and go, yeah, you were never the one I wanted. No, I well, and I was chatting to someone the other day who said before she got married... She actually knew within her, just this little voice just kept going at her that it's not right, you've got better yeah. things in your life. Yeah. Still went ahead anyway, had marvellous children and all the rest of it. But of course the marriage floundered eventually and um, a lot of rubbish ensued and it was unnecessary. And I think, so how, how do you do it was the question. How do you do it? So I, for me, I think it's just listening in. You do need to be still sometimes to hear it. I always remember Oprah Winfrey saying that um, sometimes your intuition comes at you in just the faintest whisper. 
And I think that's absolutely right because sometimes you can miss it because you're so flat out and busy. Uh, but there it is. You know, I can, re- I can remember just having this instinct. I needed to pop to Sainsbury's for something. I didn't want to go during the day. I was going to go in the evening. And I just kept getting this nudge all the time, this kind of pull, if you will, to go to Sainsbury's. Oh, I was whinging and moaning at myself anyway. Off I went to Sainsbury's. And on the way back, bumped into an old friend of mine that I'd not seen for ages that gave me the exact solution to what I was trying to fix when I got back. It was just quite incredible. I thought if I ever really need an, um, a kind of example of how to listen in and do what you feel pulled to do rather than what your ego and your money old self is telling you to do, uh, that was it because it just made my life easy. And I think that's what intuition does, right? I think it does. And if you're not finding it coming to you naturally because maybe you haven't tuned into it for a while, a blank piece of paper and a pen in your hand is an incredibly powerful thing yeah. because you will get so bored, you'll write something. Yeah. And it'll probably be something that you should listen to. Yeah, and <laughs> so. I think you've got to get over yourself a bit. You know, it's yeah. a bit embarrassing to start with, yeah. maybe. You know, look, look, it's a bit embarrassing talking about intuition for some people. I just feel like, you know, if you're one of those that feels it's hard to talk about your gut feelings and your, your intuition guiding you, good gracious, that's too woo-woo, um, you know, find a different way to access yourself. I mean, I'm not a meditator. Everybody meditates these days. My head's like a firework display. The minute I sit to meditate, off it goes. Um, so I have to find other ways of accessing who I really am and what I really want to do. Um, and so Mark's way of writing um things down in a map is a great thing um if you're visual you'll really enjoy that uh, walking going out walking you know being in nature in the woods along the beach wherever it is um, there's a rhythm to your step which really helps you think there is it just well. kind of stills that chatterbox down in your mm. head and allows the real you to surface i think that's where we're at and bizarrely for me um i might not get any answers when i'm trying to be still but when i'm chopping those veg at night everything <laughs> pops out i'm just like oh hello i you know i'm just like getting answers for this we, answers we, we for that. buy uh, pre-chopped veg so i'm obviously missing out on a lot of wisdom yeah yeah i think you are <laughs> get that chopping board and a knife out and get chopping your veg because i think um, that's where the the um the inspiration the inspo flows when i'm chopping my veg now we couldn't let the show go by of course mark without being a bit starstruck with you and playing none other than some of mark's band which has had all their back catalogue released and um i think you can tell us a little bit just a little bit more about your band what it's called etc uh, World of Leather, and um, it was in when we, we formed it, we uh, auditioned for um, a guitarist, and then we had so many turned up that we ended up with 15 oh. fantastic guitarists. <laughs> and so it was, a, it was a real riot of a live band uh, in London uh, a few years ago, and uh, and then we made a couple of albums, and yeah, they've, they've just been re-released, which is fantastic, so yeah. I'm really, really thrilled by that. Well, I've chosen the the band's name, World of Leather, is a song, and um, I hope you enjoy it. This is Mark singing, by the way. Terror 
Listening to your life your way at River Radio with me, Deborah Fielding, and my gorgeous, gorgeous guest today is Mark Ch- Chase, helping me wade through some pretty big life questions. I've got to say. So over the last few months, I've had some questions in that I've not been able to get to on on that day, and uh, lots of you have asked similar themes of, of questions. Like there's been a thread running through them, and so here we are taking those topics on for you right now today. Now I had another flurry of questions come in. <clears throat> excuse me, after we had Ed Tarleton on. Now, if you listen to that pro, if you haven't, grab it on the podcast because it's a big listen. But if you remember, we spoke about Ed wrestling with his mental well-being as a youngster and having suicidal thoughts. Um, well, I had a, a, a complete raft of emails from people messaging in about that, both in support of Ed, which was lovely, but also asking the question, what can you do for yourself at that point as an adult taking the knocks in life? Now, I just want to say 
there's many reasons you might struggle mentally and will have at some point in your life some a mental hardship for sure. And I can relate deeply to your lines of inquiry uh, when I felt that I would be better of better service really to everyone around me if I wasn't here um, going through round two of, of chemotherapy. Um, I'd had enough of my life and I didn't I couldn't see a way forward. And and I felt a burden to my friends as well, which was even worse. Um, but I am here and so is Ed. Now, I want to say that when you get in that state, your first job is to be aware of it and then ask yourself questions, you know, like who and what, how can I lift myself out of this? And just know that you won't always feel like this. I think that's a big key and it seems impossible at the time. Uh, that feeling rubbish and down on yourself doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't take all of your best bits away and that's how you feel. Um, it just dumbs them down, that's all. So getting the right help is key here. Now, what, what do you make of that, Mark? Have you had any patches in your life um, if you're willing to talk about such things? I, I am willing to talk about it. And um, definitely I've had uh, periods where... Um, things stop making sense and I think it's just part of being human that you uh, particularly when you're younger you have certain ambitions of how your life's going to go and then you find yourself at whatever age and it can be really young it can be in middle age for me it was kind of in my 30s where um, things didn't really make sense anymore and um, I was incredibly lucky that I spoke to a friend who said oh I, I go to this therapist and you should go and see her and I just stumbled into a really good therapist and um, and I I'm a real big kind of advocate of that because I think particularly men we spend a lot of time not necessarily discussing how we feel, um, and you you end up in a a cul-de-sac. I think we all end up in a cul-de-sac to be honest because what we what we end up doing is surrounding ourselves with with people who think the same thing as us, and and if that's not particularly positive then that's being reinforced everywhere you go. And um, so when I went to see this this therapist, I uh, she said, that's smashing. We, we had an hour's chat. She goes, that's lovely. So you're going to join my uh, my Tuesday group. And I went, what? Group? <laughs> no, you know, I, just I thought, didn't group, sign up for group that. Group therapy. I just go <laughs> to have a chat with you. Um, but that was the best possible thing that could have happened because, uh, you know, the marvellous thing about something like group therapy is that you, instead of being reinforced by um, everybody around you saying the same as you, you're in a room where literally if there's, eight people there's eight, eight points of view yeah because they don't you haven't pre-selected those people and so they, they will you know you'll say so as everybody agrees da, 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 and every single person will come out with a different objection to it and, and I think that's a really good thing to do to, to, to stop you thinking on the train because we're all on train tracks in terms of our thoughts and it's somehow diverting those thoughts somewhere else. Yeah, um, and I think you just get stuck in this. I know I'm really guilty of this. I'm not as bad as I've got older, like really old. But um, <laughs> the fact of the matter is you do think to yourself, I'm the only person. like I, It's only me in the whole wide world that's got this issue, this problem that feels like this, and it's so not true. Mm. Um, and you feel, I mean, I've... Oh gosh, the times I've had when I've felt so bad about myself um, that then makes you feel worthless where you're not able to, all your experience and your brilliant bits that you bring to the show disappear from view um, and then you, you're left with nothing. I can remember one time walking down Park Lane in London and I absolutely wish I could remember what brought this particular thing on for me and I, I just have no idea but I was walking down Park Lane in London and I felt like the whole of Park Lane had stopped and was pointing at me and saying there she is I mean what a ridiculous and awful way to be I think I was probably quite 
unwell at the time and I dived into the Dorchester uh, to the um, Grosvenor at the back and sat and had a coffee in their coffee shop and everything yeah exactly right (laughs) and everything had moved on after that but um yeah, I mean, what? Where does you you know stopping that? You've got to be able to stop that for yourself somehow. Yeah, well, more than anything, you'd be willing to seek a bit of help as well. I, th- I think um, you know, trying to find somebody professional and whatever your financial circumstances, it, you know, and I know fifty quid for a therapist seems like a lot of money, but it's the best money you ever spend. It and, is, and you will will want to go back and spend another fifty quid, and yeah. and, and, and and a lot of them are not that much if you go to a group. Uh, when I went. Um, and just just trying to seek help, just trying to find somebody. And if the person you meet up with doesn't feel right, then then try somebody else. But not bottling it all up, I think, is the big thing. You know? I think so. I, I think the unfortunate thing is when you get into that uh, pattern, shall we say, you do bottle up. You, do, you just shut yourself away. I mean, I've got a, a really good friend, and I know that when I don't hear from her, when it's silent, there's something not right. Um, it took me a while to pick up on that, but now I know it. When I don't hear from her, I'm on the phone to her. Um, and vice versa with her, she'd call me. And we always end up laughing, me and this friend. Morning, Joe, if you're listening. Um, and when she phoned me, I'd be, oh, no, I'm not going to answer because I have to end up laughing. <laughs> I just didn't want to, you know. Uh, but, yeah, we saved our souls many a time, Joe and I, through the magical thing of laughter and uh, whether I wanted to or not. It, it it works. It does. It does work. You know, and, and even going to a comedy show when it's the last thing you want to do, and yeah. you think, well, there's nothing, there's nothing worth laughing at in the in the world, and then you find you're laughing. Yeah, <laughs> and it well, releases what, all the chemicals you need. It does. It uh. just leaves you feeling really good. I think when you're younger, you don't have that experience to hook into something. As you get older, you put these tools that you've learned in your back pocket. So whenever I'm taking a, a slow dive down now, I know to grab hold of the edges and pull myself back up. I know what the signs are. I know what the triggers are. Um, and then you can do something about it. But when you're a teenager, like Ed was, um, that's really hard uh, to grapple with at that age and make sense of, I think. Yeah, there's also a thing about if you've got too much time on your hands, it can be, um, you know, go and get a job in a, a charity shop. Do, do do anything. Yeah. Just get out. Yeah. So there's people there because if, if you're stuck in feeling bad, that, that's a real bad place to be. Yeah. And, and so... Um, Anything that, that takes you out that means you have human interactions and things like that with, with somebody coming in to buy a second-hand jumper, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't. You, it, you're obliged to be kind of civil and to yeah. say, how are you doing? Are you having a nice yeah. day? And, they'll, and you'll have a nice interaction. Oh, just seeing somebody ma- else. Makes you feel yeah. better about the world. It really it does. does. I think um, we are humans. We like to connect. I mean, that's why the power of Facebook's been so successful, because uh, we can connect with each other. Um, so I think that's a massive point you raise there. Um, even if you're not talking to people, just being with people can sometimes just reassure you that actually you're not in this on your own. Well, I think that the physical presence of people is far more important than you know Facebook or anything like that, because uh, there's downsides. Oh, to, yeah, no, to no, no media, I'm not yeah. suggesting you go on Facebook or anything no. <laughs> like that, because, I mean, that can take you into a spiral on yeah. its own. But my point was Facebook has been so successful because of the connection our element desire. to our, our, our to be, humanness yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, whereas, yeah, for sure, if you're not in a good space, getting out and about is everything just mix with people and um, even if you're not talking to them that's also fine yeah so i find a gorgeous little song that i kind of think just embodies all of that and this is um two oceans by trevor hall
Don't tell me that's not a gorgeous song. That's Oceans, or Two Oceans, should I say, Trevor Hall. Um, and a, a, a beautiful song to round off that segment. And I particularly love the line, maybe we'll walk on water. Um, sorry about the singing. About <laughs> <laughs> apologising to me, you sang the whole way through it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about being in the studio, um, whether I'm co-presenting or presenting. As soon as that microphone comes yep. in, I just have to sing along to everything. You're clearly a frustrated singer. I think I am. Oh, yeah. well, well, years ago, I was asked to be a singer. So I'm talking about, what age would it be, about 22 um, you know, at my prime, I suppose I looked great at the time, wish I knew it back then. And I was asked to be this singer and I thought, well, my voice isn't brilliant, you know. And now I just think I didn't need to be brilliant. Uh, that was a definite fork in the road for me. 
think but it's only ever about confidence. It so, is, yeah, yeah, which I don't think Unless it's my of. son, because it doesn't matter how much confidence he has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do love a good song. I love singing. It's good for your soul. I remember my sister and I used to walk to school singing our heads off and yeah. people would stop us on the way going, lovely girls, we used to harmonise together. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I love it. And we would wash up after, after dinner and um, sing our little heads off. So yeah. Shout out to Andrea. We we enjoy good harmony, don't we, love? Um, but there we go. Now, we've got the What's in a Word section that we've just had, and we're going straight into Q&A your way. Um, I've had so many varied questions in, so let's wrestle a few of them now, shall we, Mark? Um, it's a random Q&A, and I'm just going to throw them at you, if that's okay. Okay. So let's just dive in and see where we're at. Dive in to River Radio. My favourite jingle. Um, now... A comment that I enjoyed in an email I had when you were on the show, Mark, uh, was that they loved the, the, loved the discussion about there being no orchestra music playing in the background when great things happen in our lives. Um, and it's so true. If you're not aware, you could literally miss out on the good bits. Um, because if you're a big movie watcher, it's important to realise that the big bits don't always happen the same way and they're not always accompanied with music. So there is no orchestra. Um, I had that moment too a few, a few years ago, a big reckoning when it was to do with you again when you got your car. And we spoke about this on the show, uh, but a few listeners messaged in and said um that they they hadn't realized and neither had i so do you want to just tell that story because i can remember talking to you and thinking oh my days <laughs> that's right well, i've got quite a few car stories i seem to be manifesting cars quite a lot actually but i think the one you mean is when i just just said i really want a, a nice blue mercedes estate and wouldn't it be wonderful if it was at the time I was living in Tunbridge Wells, wouldn't it be wonderful if, if I didn't have to drive too far and it had low mileage and one owner and all those things. And literally five hours later, I'm, I'm thumbing through um, Auto Trader and there's a car in Tunbridge Wells, one owner. And, and, and it's exactly what I had visualised in my head. And, and, and you sort of almost can't believe that you've, you think, well, I, I can't have made that happen. But in a funny way, you'd. I think you, you sort did. of did, you yeah. know, and you sort of go, well, how do I make that guy want to sell it after, you know, that many years and all yeah. those sort of things? Yeah. Um, but it, it keeps happening to me, I find, that, that when, you, um, when you really set your mind to, to just kind of identify what you want and, and really believe that it's, it's there and it's possible... The number of times it turns up is is, is freaky. Yeah, it really I agree. is freaky, and that's back to following your intuition and all of that. Yeah. But my favourite bit of the story, um, which didn't impact you, it just impacted me. I think at the time, and it's what people have written in about, is you said a friend of yours said to you, "How the heavens did you get that car?" And you simply said, "Well, I just signed the paperwork, mate," oh, that, and yeah. drove off. <laughs> and that was kind of—I was. Oh, that's another thing I said about how, how did you end up getting that that amazing car? And you go, "Well, I, I filled in a form." Yeah, yeah that's right. And I, drove it off the forecourt. And and I just remember listening to that thing. I was really chuffed for you because you were obviously delighted about this. But I just remember thinking. That's li- that's it. That's life. There was no orchestra playing. There's no music in the background of joy, you know, like you get when you're watching anything on TV. And so you're living, you're out there on your own, guys. You're not, you know, I always say to my friends when I'm out and something really good happens, where's the orchestra? <laughs> 
um, you know, this is a moment when we'd have some filmic music happening or something really fantastic going on. And of course, that doesn't happen for us. Um, no, it just quietly happens in the margins. It doesn't does. It? The, the important so, stuff is, you know, it is, you know, how did you end up in this lovely house? I filled in a form. And, and, and that's yeah. almost always the, but, the core to it. It's quite mundane often. It is but, mundane, but, it, but don't. Don't let it glide by you because um, those are the big parts of your life. That's it, the big the big deal. And make your own music up in your head if you've got to. That's oh, why I've, I've always got music in my head. I, me too. It's, it's very oh, disturbing. Strange voices. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm quite good at kind of recognising that now. And, and I think that was as a result of that conversation. I thought, oh, yeah, there is no music to follow me around. I need to make my own. So that's yeah. pretty much what I've done since very then. Nice. Now, we had another guest. Mr Gerald Ratner came in and... The repeated question was from many people here, how do you manage to function when you're walking around with about a billion pounds worth of debt in your rucksack on your back? Uh, I mean, neither Mike or I I have had a billion pounds of debt. I don't believe You presume a lot. I do. (laughs) But like most people, we've certainly had our financial challenges. Um, So, Mark, let's reframe that question, shall we? How do you function when you have some big life bearing down on you? That's really a bit more relatable. Well, the big debt, I think, is is probably more manageable than anything else. I mean, you can be the president of the United States and have an enormous debt, apparently, um, if if some reports are to be to be believed. It, it it is the the sort of it's the few hundred quid when you haven't got a few hundred quid. I think is the bigger issue uh, for, for people because when, when you are Gerald Ratner, with no disrespect. When you owe a billion, they're not coming for you because you you haven't got it. No. You haven't got it in the shed. No. And, and uh, th- there's almost more kind of lassitude given to, to, to people in that situation. But um, with with all forms of debt, and it's a little bit like, you know, go and get a job in a charity shop, just do anything that will get any money in the door. You know, you just do what you have to do with, with these things. And, and I'm, I'm not being blasé because debt is just horrific in terms of what it does to people in terms of of undermining their belief that they can get out of that. But well, it can, it can mess you up yeah. and it can leave you just what we were talking about a, a minute ago. There, yeah. there is a lot of help, a ton of help out there. Uh, but it can mess you up and leave you like we, what we were talking about earlier on, which is closed down, closed off, not connecting with people um, and thinking you're the only one. And the shame and the guilt and the everything else that comes with, with it when you're feeling wretched um is very debilitating well uh, you know i i chatted to a, a friend of one of my kids who's, who's in her 20s and she was in a, in a bad way financially and in a bad way kind of emotionally and, and I, I persuaded her to go and take a job in a in a department store and she thought that was the most humiliating thing in the world and i said well not really not if you're not not if you haven't got anything you know that, that it's less humiliating than that and she went and did it and i'm not saying this always works out but it's transformed her life because she's just got suddenly got a regular amount of money coming in. But she's seeing people, she's mixing with people, she's seeing life feel, feels possible again. Yeah. And those sort of things. I think you can, like, like anything that, that's a downward spiral, debt's a downward spiral, and the, the thinking that goes with it is a downward spiral. So you just have to break have to break the, the chain. You have to find a breaker. Yeah. You do. And if yeah. you can't do it yourself, like you alluded to before, there's a ton of help, help out there. Um, and this these, advice. Yeah, and these people are trained yeah. to help you yeah. with stuff like that. So, um, yeah, for sure. Now, we had Sarah Winkless MBE on, who's uh, won a bronze medal at the Olympics and was a gold medal Commonwealth champion. Uh, she is a wonder woman, is Sarah. But she had to deal with Huntington's and more recently breast cancer. Um, one glorious comment that came in, which I thought was worth just 
just opening up a little bit is that is more than one woman needs. It seems so unfair, but at the same time shows you that if you keep going, it's never over until the fat lady sings, uh, which I thought was an astute observation and very true too. Now, I just wondered how you've handled your life when you've had your back against the wall, Mark. Well, in all the same ways as I've, I've said before already, you know, probably initially badly because <laughs> you know when your back's against the wall you really feel you, you and you get to the point where you don't know what to do and and it's going back to my last answer you just have to do something yeah i think you, you kind have, of find out what you're made of at that you, point you, you have to do something yeah. to 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 break the pattern because it's all life is all about patterns and you know if you listen to a kind of serious psychologists they talk about life's patterns that you know if you lose at something there's a you can then go on a trajectory of losing. And if you win at something, you can go on a trajectory of winning, which is why, you know, there's 20 actors who get all the main roles and all the other actors do nothing. And it's how do you break that trajectory? Yeah. Because if you've had a bit of a, um, a, a hardship or, or, a, or, or a, a disappointment... Or a rough upbringing. Yeah. You know, you've got st- patterns already laid down that you, you've got you've to got break You've got to stop through. that becoming a, 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 a set trajectory for life. And... Um, you know, you and I both come from northern comprehensives and all those sort of things. And, and you you know, I think we've had this conversation before. You make decisions about, well, do I want to go in that direction or do I want something different? And, and um, yeah, if you believe that it is possible, it is possible. Yeah. It's absolutely possible. Well, and I think in Sarah's case, I mean, I agree with... Um the comments that it is more than one woman needs to have to deal with, but it really hasn't held her back. Um, I've never been to the Olympics. It's quite the, the tall order. Um, and she was dealing with Huntington's and she's got through that. And then along comes breast cancer and smashes her up a little bit more. But, you know, Sarah is a really proactive lady. She's out there and she helps a ton of people. Um, and I think that really gives you a massive foundation for yourself um, to to kind of build from. Um, so, yeah, again, we're back to getting out and connecting with people and putting your foundations down. And um, I think as you get older and you get through things, I always, I always say, you know, like if you're stuck in one space, like I've got, a, I call it the aubergine throne at home. It's like a purple chair. And um, I always say if I'm sat in my aubergine throne with a blanket around me, having been beaten up a bit, I remember being divorced and a friend dying some years ago. I just realised that in three months' time, life will have moved me on whether I want to go or not, if I don't even get out of this chair. And um, A good thing to do, very quickly, is uh, when I've been in those places, is uh, my wife's persuaded me to write on a bunch of post-it notes all of my big concerns and, you know, and put them in a box and then look at them four weeks later. And you can have a bit of a laugh about them. Oh, they've all sorted themselves out. Yeah, and I don't remember doing anything, but they all just kind of went away. So, yeah. you know, if it's health, you've got to deal with it. I, I appreciate that. I'm not being blasé about that, but um, yeah, just do anything to break the pattern. Yeah, I think that's exactly great advice and uh, something that you can get better at with practice. Now we've done it again. Here we are, oh, oh, skidded in to the end of your life, your way. I mean, I could sit all here all day and chat, but we're over and out for another week. 
Um, a gazillion thank yous for your questions and emails over the last few months. Um, I've loved reading them and especially loved bringing them out into the light uh, for today's show. It just wouldn't have been so easy though, would it, without the marvellous Mark Chase? Um, always love working with you, Mark. I love your insight and fun you bring with you. And somehow, I absolutely know you'll be back on the show, uh, maybe even on the Saturday show. It's the weekend, uh, whatever it turns out to be. I, for one, can't wait and thank you so much. I'd love to come back. Yay. (laughs) Now, I'm Deborah Fielding and in a week when we saw a little bit of rain again, we can remember the summer and talk about it in the future like we do about the droughts of 1976. But mostly, I wish you some filled thoughts and successes in your life. And here is Michael Franti and Spearhead with the sound of sunshine. Over and out. One, two, three, uh uh-huh. The sun goes, that's the sun.